to R and Co Talk Radio, where beauty icons and influencers, thought leaders, salon owners, trendsetters, and more take the spotlight. R and Co Talk Radio. Welcome to R and Co Talk Radio. I'm Allison Alhamid, and I'm here with our co-host Dan Langer. Say hi, Dan. Hi, everyone. So today's conversation is a really cool concept that you came up with, Dan. While our nation is going through various phases of shelter in place with salons and small businesses that having their doors closed, they've been home and they've had downtime to think about their business, think about their branding, even their decor. So you came up with this idea to talk to today's guest, and I'd love for you to introduce Chrissy Crawford for us. Perfect. So welcome, Chrissy. Chrissy is the founder of a business called Artstar, which provides gallery services and curated collection of art to collectors and clients all over the world. I'll let her describe her business a little bit more, but the whole premise of this series is, is almost what would you do? Salon owners have all kinds of elements in their business. What a great time to bring in category experts. So as an example, a gallerist and say, how would you decorate a salon if you had a salon? A fashion designer, how would you wardrobe staff if you had a salon? A DJ, how would you curate the music if you owned a salon? And I think it's really kind of a, a great way to bring topic experts into that environment of salon and retail. So that being said, Chrissy, if you had a salon, what would you do? Hi, thank you for having me today. So I actually, I've given this a lot of thought and I just last week had my hair done for the first time since December. So I was in there for about three and a half hours and really, you know, thinking about this question. And, you know, I just see, uh, at least the salon I go to in New York, they've invested a great deal into their aesthetic. Um, you know, they built it out. Everything is custom. It's very beautiful. And I think some of the salons don't give enough attention or enough of the budget to the art because that, you know, especially in a, a white salon, very sleek salon, the art is what you spend three and a half hours looking at. It's something that you're really going to notice. It's going to pop on the wall. And, you know, it's something that, that we can help salons get it right. And the whole point of Art Star is to make contemporary art affordable and then easily accessible. So everything on our site starts at $150. We offer different framing options. We ship it for free. But for me, you know, I was sitting this one thinking about it. And it's a it's an oasis for me. Being there is such a delight. I have a two-year-old and I work full-time. So having three and a half hours to myself in a chair is like a little mini vacation. So I like art that's really calming, that, you know, extends the brand of the salon. So I do think it's important to think about your brand and what you're trying to communicate to your customers and then really relay that messaging through the art. So if it's a, a landscape because you're spending a lot of time inside and you want to look at a beautiful nature landscape, or if it's a really soothing, calming abstract, or if your brand is more poppy, then choosing something that really relates to that and is bright and colorful. If Artstar was to launch a salon, what are some of the artists you would pick to hang in the space? That's a great question. So we have a new artist on our site named Tom Coolin, and he has these really gorgeous, like ombre color field pieces. It's really saturated color, and it's something that is bright, but it's something you're not going to get tired of. Of course, I always love fashion pieces, especially like a very sophisticated black and white classic fashion photo, I think would be beautiful. And then, 
even something like a, a really gorgeous contemporary landscape, just to bring that nature inside. I think the Tom Coolen pieces really lend themselves to a space where color is so much part of the DNA. People listening probably would love to understand the difference between decorating and curating or collecting. And I think that's where Art Star kind of, you know, to me does a great job at bridging the gap. Could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So that's been a huge part of our business and what's really, I think, given us a competitive edge. So everything on ArtStar is curated. We have a full-time in-house curator. And on Mondays, she presents us with a curatorial deck. And we vote based on if we would want that in our own home. We have to be really passionate about it. And, you know, it's images that are really exciting and different and interesting. And what we've seen, we do a lot of business in the hospitality space. And hotels are rebranding. And they want the art to be conversation pieces. They want the art to be, you know, moments that that are interesting that you take photos and you post on Instagram and you tag the hotel. A lot of them are seeing the art as part of their marketing. So they're getting rid of the, you know, the really boring and abstracts that you see everywhere. And they're starting to pull in really cool curated collections. And that's where we've been able to put forward new exciting things for these hospitality brands to stay relevant and stay young. Yeah, I have to tell you, when I go stay at a hotel and they have incredible art, it, it just makes me feel like I'm getting this boutique experience. And I love walking through uh, different hotels and different spaces and seeing what they hang on the walls. It really you know, gives a huge vibe. And, so, and I love your opinion on this. To me, art can be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that, you know, a painter or a photographer took. I think it's about curating things that you love and displaying them in the space, mementos or antiques. What, what do you think about that? I agree completely. I think it, you know, it's very personal and how everyone reacts to it is different. And I think mixing in your own history and pieces that represent you or your family is a really, really cool way to do it. I think collections should be layered. And I love the idea of a gallery wall that has, you know, some photography, some painting, and then a couple pieces that are that are personal to your family. I think it's a great look. Dan is so passionate about art and artists, and he can identify top talent. And for me, it's kind of like wine. Like I love wine and I know a good wine, but I have no idea how to tell if what I'm drinking is good or not. And when Dan first started talking about Art Star, I was a little intimidated, like many people, for a non-expert to even get started. I was really excited that when I went to the website and started to click around, I found pieces that really spoke to me. And it felt like something I would hang in my salon or in my home. And you touched on this a little bit, but the reality is quality artwork isn't out of reach for the everyday consumer. I was excited to see that there were pieces available to me that totally fit my art budget. That's a big goal of what we're trying to do at ArtStar. We started it during the recession. So it launched in 2010 um, at the sick, you know, the height of the financial crisis. And um, we started for two reasons. One was to support working artists. You know, a lot of the people that are on ArtStar saw their careers go from 2008 highs to severe lows. And we wanted to create another revenue stream for them. And then we also wanted young collectors to be able to access art. It was at a point where people were very intimidated going to galleries. They were very intimidated going to art fairs. They weren't really trusting their gut with what they liked. They felt sort of pressured into liking 
one thing because it was popular or, you know, they didn't feel that confidence in their choice. So we wanted to make a platform where you could shop anywhere and it would be curated and it would have the best artist out there, but, you know, it would be very accessible. And then we also offer, which I know Dan has chatted with Cassandra, our salesperson, we can set up video calls with her. You can text with her, you can chat with her and she can help you. You know, if you do have a certain look and you're not quite sure what to use, or if you do want to build out a gallery wall and you're not sure about sizes or what images go together, she's accessible and and really talented at that. So if a salon wanted to curate their space, could they do a virtual consultation with your team? Absolutely. And we can even Photoshop it into the space so you can see what it would look like together. We can suggest sizing, framing, what pieces would work. And we usually start by talking about your brand. We want to see the space. We want to know what vibe you're going for. We want to know what your interests are and what you know your customer base is like. And then we build out a curatorial deck around that. We make it completely custom for each customer. And then we review it together. We put together you know, what the budget would look like. And we really want it to be a collaborative process. We don't want anyone to feel intimidated or overwhelmed by it. Um, and it becomes really fun. You mentioned early on creating a new revenue stream for young artists during recession. I think we're actually facing that same situation now with salons. And one of the things that I've seen in hospitality that hasn't reached salons yet is actually having the decor essentially for sale. What do you think about having art in the salon that's actually representing artists and available for purchase? I think one thing that's come out of quarantine is a lot of creativity with businesses. People have really you know, thought how they can change their business to, to fit uh, today's climate. And I think, you know, creating a gallery inside of a salon is a great idea. And again, you have hours where you're looking at something. So it's really a great way to get your name and your work in front of people. Salons don't realize that they are uh, always, they're a place where people do have time to sit and reflect. And providing the visual stimulation is as important as the actual cut and color experience. Just like hair finishes and beauty trends evolve, so do decor trends. How often do you recommend a salon change up its artwork? Well, the only thing about that is I like to see a salon invest in the art. You know, I, I see some salons that have art on loan that maybe doesn't fit their brand because they feel like they can't afford original art. So, you know, Artstar, our average price point framed is about $1,000. But again, we are affordable. But I just want to see the salon really think about their collection and then really invest in buying what they want instead of trying to do something more affordable that they can they can change up often. And what about placement of the actual art within the space? Do you have any sort of recommendations for a salon or a small business about where the artwork should begin and end? We recommend putting it in the entrance so that when people are passing by on the street, they have something that really grabs their eye. And then also putting it in front of the washing station. My salon that I go to in the city has a beautiful piece there. And that's what I look at when I'm having my hair washed. Um, And it really is just, it makes the space. Otherwise, it would just be a white room. I go to Brush in New York. They have two locations. They have one on Madison and Midtown, and they have one in the Flatiron. So I usually go to the Flatiron location. And it's a huge space, large white walls, and they've done a great job of really curating it with very cool original art. 
And then they have another space, the one in Madison that I mentioned, it has really dark, almost like dark navy walls. And then she put in two great pieces, um, it's fashion photography, and they really pop, really elevated the space. It looks very chic. And I noticed that all R&Co's bottles, you have a lot of art on your bottles. And it's really fun and poppy, and it makes your your product so special. Yeah, I think a big part of our design philosophy is actually using photography in our packaging to create a design moment and reflect what the actual product does. So if we have a beach spray, we'll name the product Rockaway and put a beautiful photograph of people on the beach in, in Long Island. And so I think we embrace that artistic philosophy, especially through our founders. One of the things maybe we could do after, Christy, as a follow-up to this is, I'd love you to, if Aranko had a salon, maybe curate, uh, you know, 10 pieces that you think would fit well if we actually opened up our own salon, just to give an example of what salon owners could do. We would love that. And, uh, you know, I think your company is so tightly branded and I think it's it's so online with our aesthetic and everything we stand for. I think it'd be an awesome collaboration. No, a lot of people look at art as an investment. And I think most people think that an investment piece only starts at $10,000 or above. Let me ask you, any of these young artists you're working with, have any of them kind of hopped over the last decade and something that you could have bought on your site for $150 is worth $150,000 now? So we've had a few artists that their original work was selling for about $1,200. And now she's selling for around $200,000. This is the artist, Aria Foreman. And we're seeing a lot of our work come up on auction sites for three times, 10 times what they bought it for originally. And we love that. We love seeing somebody buy a piece at an affordable price point and then really seeing their, you know, their investment in art multiply. So it's, it's super fun for us. And I think because we're located in New York, I think because we have a full-time curator who has a master's in art history and has worked in the the gallery world and has worked for auction houses. She knows the cool young artists out there and she pulls them into ArtStar, you know, when they're still at an affordable price point. And when, where their career launches, it's great to see, you know, the resale of this stuff and see it really hold its value. Yeah, there's one piece that I've been eyeing on your site for a few weeks now and I'm not going to mention so it doesn't get sold. I'll tell you. That's great. That's what we love to hear. I'll tell you after so I don't get scooped. But it is it is fun. So everything is limited edition. It's all signed by the artist. Once the edition sells out, it's gone forever. You know, so it's not posters. It's not wall decor. It does have a, a real value to it. So it's something we're really proud of. We have one artist, the one I mentioned earlier, Zaria Foreman. Her work sold out in a day. So, you know, there is that sort of sense of urgency to it as well. Any advice for so, someone who's never bought art and wants to just dip their toe in and buy one piece? So my, my advice is always buy a print first, because I think when you start collecting, your taste evolves. As you start going to more fairs and more sites and seeing more and more art, you're, you're going to you know be exposed to more and your taste will change over time. So I see a lot of collectors where they'll spend their entire budget on one piece the first time they go to a gallery. So I think it's good to start slow. I think it's good to buy an edition piece at a lower price point. And then I also think it's good to just trust your gut. Like, you know what you like. I see a lot of people buying something because it's trendy and not because they love it. And you're going to be looking at it for a long time. 
So I think buy something that really speaks to you and just trust your gut. So we we heard quite a few of the tips on what to do. When you walk into a space that, you know, does incorporate art into the overall flow and the overall branding, where do you see the missteps people make? Like, what are some of the don'ts? I think some of the don'ts are not really thinking through the art. I see a lot of salons that have more, you know, ads up for, for maybe different brands. I see a lot of salons that have art on loan from their friends, but it doesn't really fit the brand of the salon. And I think they should go on and, and really invest in something that finishes out the space and speaks to their aesthetic. And then the other thing I see is art being hung too high. You know, especially if you have a big space, hang it at eye height. And I just think it looks really weird when it's hung, you know, 14 feet up. I think that's uh, great advice. If you don't like the art, don't buy it. doesn't matter what it's worth or how hot the artist is. If you don't want to stare at that thing in your house or your office, it's, it's just not worth even entertaining. So Christy, yeah, I agree. Can you? Christy, can you share with everybody how they can stay in touch with you, learn more, and start to curate their own collections through ArtStart? Absolutely. So the best way is to follow us on Instagram, at ArtStar on Instagram, and even message us when you like something. And we can set up a curatorial meeting and really talk about your salon and how you're thinking about it and what kind of brand you're trying to create. But uh, you can also be on our, or actually you can email us directly. Um, which is hello at artstar.com. And we would love to to help with anyone that's thinking about their brand or thinking about a refresh um, now that we're all investing in our businesses. One thing that I love about Artstar and actually how I became uh, aware of it is that you have a whole little collector series. That's where I came across it many years ago uh, when I bought that Goyard letter, alphabet letters for my daughter's room. Talk a little bit about the Little Collector series, because I, I, to me, that's genius. The Little Collector has been our passion project. It's one that we're so excited about. So the concept is contemporary art for children, and we will approach artists and just give them the idea, okay, contemporary art for kids and let them come up with their own concept. And we found for artists, two things. One, it's been really freeing for them because they don't have to work in their normal style. They can do something completely out there and creative. So some think about their own childhood and you know what, what they like. So there's one, Matthew Cardin, that we worked with, and he has a series called Fast Cars and Fast Food. And it was all about his childhood in LA in the 70s. And those were the two things he was into. And then the Goyard piece, that artist, Libby Black, actually made it for her son to teach him the alphabet. And her whole concept is she works with different luxury goods and, you know, all of her work has to do with Goyard or Kate Spade or different luxury things that she couldn't afford when she was a child and always coveted. And so she took that concept with the Goyard letters and made this fantastic piece for her child. And I just thought it was so cool how these artists are taking this concept and just turning it into their own. Yeah, we have a capsule collection with a, a company called uh, Griffin Ivy Rose called R&Co Kids. One of the things that always brings me joy is to see how we treated those packages so that way kids loved it when they were in the bath or in the shower. That's one side of yours that I, one part of your site, which I personally love. 
especially if anyone on this podcast is, needs a present for someone who just had a baby or is having a baby, I think this is a great place to look. It's a lasting present. You know, kids will, will keep it for a long time, and it's a great way to get them interested in art. And with Little Collector, we were able to approach really big artists like Micheline Thomas. Shepard Ferry actually did a piece for us, and Kenny Scharf, and people who sell through major Chelsea galleries. And they just love the idea of doing something for kids. And uh, we sell it at $55, very affordable price points, because we want it to really be accessible for families. But we've just been amazed with the level of artists that said yes to this. I think it's I think it's an incredible thing. You know, I always wanted to buy the vandal gummy by Wisby, and then I'm like, I don't want to hang this in my daughter's room, showing that the gummy bears in jail. So it, uh, you know, it's you know, it's a tough balance between having things that are you know, if you if you love art, having art in a kid's room, and still having it be the right message. Yeah, but it's like a lot of the stuff on Little Collector. It's kind of sophisticated, and it's for the parents and the kids. We tried not to make anything watered down it still is it's still cool it's still contemporary and you're you're based in miami right i'm based in miami alice is based in chicago so when next time basel miami comes around make sure to take your daughter because we used to do um with little collector we would do kids tours of the different fairs in miami and we'd have the dealers speak to the children about their work and it was really interesting because the dealers were explaining it. You could see it click with the parents who were too intimidated to ask on their own. So they finally got what a piece was about because the dealer was explaining it to the children. And it broke down that, that wall of intimidation to ask about art and ask about the meaning and ask about the process of the artist. So it was really cool to see that happen. I love going to art fairs with kids because not only do they see things in a totally different way, but they break down uh, the barriers with with artists. I remember a few years ago, my daughter was sitting in a gallery space, like and just poor gallerists just destroying every single one of their business cards, drawing hearts on them. And Brendan Murphy, I don't know if you know him, contemporary artist in LA, was doing a show there with his pieces. And he took the things that she was doodling and, you know, wrote some beautiful message like, keep doing art, you know, love Brendan. And like, to me, that's something that I'll treasure. I, I have it, you know, hidden it away in, in a box where I'm like, this is something that I'll treasure forever. That's so I love cool. That. That's so cool. Yeah. There's, I went to like a local art fair and there was this artist, Melvin McGee, and he had such distinct, cool art. And I'm not like somebody who these art and says, I have to have my hands on it, but I appreciate it. But with Melvin's work, we had to buy it. And so we bought it and we had it in our place. And my five-year-old saw it at his pediatrician's office who had lined their full offices with Melvin McGee's art. And it was so cool that he recognized the same style and he can identify like an Eric Carl book, for example, just based on those illustrations. And I think kids are super aware of of different styles of art and where they gravitate toward. And it, it's just been really cool to see art through his eyes. Kids always have a great eye. You know, they just, they, they trust their gut. They know what they like. They're very decisive. But as you're saying, you saw something and you just had to have it. I've been asked before, you know, what defines a collector? And I think if you're displaying addict-like behavior where you're putting art on multiple credit cards and you have to have it and you're going to make it financially work because you're so in love with it, that's when you're really a collector. You know, it's more than decor. It's like this have to have it kind of feeling. 
What's your favorite piece in your house? Ah, gosh, that's a hard one. I have a piece when we bought this house. My husband and I bought a piece of art together uh, by an artist named Holton Rower. And he's actually, he's, he's Alexander Calder's grandson. And he has this crazy process where he has different assistants and he has about 200 different cups of paint. He's, he's made the colors, each, each different color himself. And he's timed it where there's a measured amount of paint in each cup and timing with each assistant pouring the paint. So it ends up being like 250 different layers of paint and looks like this big rainbow once it's dried. And it's just, it's just gorgeous. Like for me, it's the, the process behind it, I love how it looks, but also buying it together with my husband to celebrate buying a home is something that's really, really special. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. To, to me, that's art. It's memories and sentimental and the moments you bought it. And the, that could be anything from a, a you know, napkin with a doodle to you know, a full oil painting. Yeah, and I actually, I hug it in my kitchen because that's where I spend most of my time and where I could look at it. So it's not, it's not in the living room. It's not in a really prominent place, but it's, it's a place that's really special for me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Any last tips, Chrissy, for a budding collector or a salon? You know, with a salon, I just think it's it's really important when you are choosing art, just, just choosing something that you know people are going to see that. It's what people really focus on in your decor. It's something that, that really pops. And so just think about, think about your brand. Think about your decor. Think about how you want it to tie in with the art. And really, you know, find something that is the right, the right fit for your salon. You know, I, I see a lot of companies, we do a lot of offices and they'll spend a fortune on the carpet and on the finishing and then they pop a poster up or they pop, you know, some really generic piece up on the wall and that's what people see and that's what represents your brand and your culture. And also just for your employees, they're going to be looking at it all day. They want something that's inspirational and, and you know, really makes them happy and so just really think about it this was such a cool conversation and i know i'm personally so excited to keep scoping out artstar.com and to follow you on instagram and we encourage all of our r and co talk radio listeners to do the same chrissy thank you so much for the time today thank you for having me this was great i'm such a i'm so flattered we're just such huge fans of your brand and Dan, great idea to bring Chrissy on. I've definitely learned a lot and I can't wait to keep poking around and see how I might be able to rethink my, my own home. Yeah, I think maybe a great follow-up to this is us working with one salon to have them get a 3D rendering of how their space could be curated and we could share that on our Instagram. We would love that. Awesome. That'd be really exciting. What a, such a good idea. And I've Googled Holton Rower already, and I, I think I may have fallen in love. So thank you for that recommendation. <laughs> Chrissy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. When you need good